0: Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode, we take one of our favourite bands and dive deep into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way.
1: Hello, welcome back.
0: Welcome back. Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know what that was, I was just going with
0: it. (laughs) Slim Shady, what?
1: Welcome back to this super exciting episode of Foundations of Emo.
0: I, for the first time ever, really enjoyed listening to all two albums. <laughs> I'm so happy that there were only two albums. So happy, but they were good as well. Yeah, they were, it was an enjoyable listen. You got to listen to them properly because you weren't like, I have to get through all these.
1: I actually listened to them multiple times, so did I, which is yeah. like new we, for me. Usually, really it's like them. trying to squeeze it in before you come over. <laughs> yeah. Any news before we get started?
0: Any news? No.
1: In music news, very exciting that Spirit Box are nominated for for a Grammy for Best Metal Performance. I saw that. And if they win, it'll be the first time ever that a woman has won. Won the medal award? Metal performance, yeah. Oh! Now, there have been nominations before, but a woman has never won, so.
0: So Johnny has one of those (laughs) (laughs) room center things that keeps intermittently spraying, and every time it does, I keep getting frightened, being like, what is happening?
1: Hopefully I can cut it out
0: if you can hear it on the podcast. but yeah that's really exciting news for women (laughs) sorry this is like totally off topic but just for some reason this came into my head so yesterday my brother-in-law had to call over to feed Rupert because I wasn't there and I left the window open which is a really bad idea but he was going bananas and wanted to like go outside so I was like I'll leave the window open and then Warren can come over feed him and hopefully he'll be there and he can close the window so my sister texts me later and goes Okay, Claire, so there were two cats in your bedroom. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the neighborhood cats were just in my bedroom having a little slumber party. Anyway, Warren managed to get rid of the other one, but
1: just thought I'd throw that in Oh, there. my God. Cat lady, whoop. Well, if we're telling funny stories, I told you this earlier. Oh, but you I'll, did, tell, I'll tell the pod listeners <laughs> that I was in Aldi the other night getting my grocery shopping. And obviously I had my child with me and she was in the trolley. But once I was trying to put everything up onto the conveyor belt and I was getting stressed out because you know how how quickly they like try to pack the bags mm. and Aldi and stuff. So I was trying to get the bags all laid out in the trolley so that I could just dump stuff into them as they came off the end of the, the yeah. thing. So I was trying to get her out of the trolley, sort out the bags. She was like not getting out of the trolley. I was like, come on. And you know, I was getting really, really stressed. And then a man came up behind me and he had like three items. And I said to him, "Here, do you want to just go ahead of me?" And he was like, "Oh, thanks." So he walked ahead of me because I had a whole entire like trolley full of stuff. Indy turned around to me and she said, "Ooh, why did you let him go ahead of you, mom? Is it because you like him?"
0: <laughs> and she said it so loud,
1: so loud.
0: <laughs> did you acknowledge it though, or were you just like, "I'm going to pretend I was never like happened? I let him ahead of me because he only had a few
1: items and we told him up, and I said it very professionally." <laughs>
0: very good <laughs> I kept a straight
1: face but I wanted to die and he like didn't turn around but like he definitely heard it because she was so loud Aww. but I think he was just ignoring it and yeah
0: I would do the same I
1: actually wanted to die
0: it was hilarious <laughs> I was actually in Aldi on Friday night as well and to say the man at the checkouts, you know they're so stressful. <laughs> he honestly, it was like he was in the scanning Olympics or something. I was literally like, "This is not a competition. See which employee can scan things in the fastest." He literally like, and then piled up, and he's like, "So I'll be whatever." And I was like, "Well, you're gonna." And then they're like, wait. "Cash a card, cash yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, yeah. Like,
1: ah. <laughs> Your hands are full of groceries. <laughs> you're like,
0: ah. and then he yawned, and the man behind me, who was like waiting to go next, was like, "Oh, early night fear or something." And he was like, "I'm actually going to a party after this." I was really like, oh so you're trying to scan all the groceries so you can go faster yeah, to then the he was Like, but I'm not gonna get there till like half eleven. And I was like, okay, this is awkward.
1: Weird. Anyway.
0: Aldi employees. Well
1: <laughs> There are Aldi stories. Tune in <laughs> next week, see what happens. I have a random Tesco one thrown in.
0: <laughs> We're little, the arch nemesis.
1: Honestly, Claire and I have not really been functioning this week because yeah. we both had assignments due. As well as working so, and that's life. That's why our exciting stories
0: consist of Aldi and Cats. <laughs>
1: the grocery shopping. <laughs> okay, let's let's get on to the interesting part of the episode. The reason
0: why we're here.
1: And talk about cute is what we aim for. Yes. So this is actually a fun episode. I think it's kind of I'm excited. Exciting. I literally
0: could not tell you one thing about this band. Not yeah, one.
1: I didn't know anything going into it. I didn't even know their names. So that's nope. that's a fun part straight off the bat. So it all started in 2003. Friends, guitarist Jeffrey Chum, which <laughs> let's just say it's spelled C Z U M, Shazum. Kazum, Kazum. <laughs> Kazum. I had to Google how do you pronounce it, and it's apparently Kazum, it's just it? Chum. Oh. And vocalist Shant Hasikian from Buffalo, New York. Yeah, his name is Shant. I also had to look up I how shant. Do you say that. Shant. shant. They're from Buffalo, New York, and they joined a ska punk band called Cherry Bing. So the band originally started in 1999 with Michael Angelicos on vocals, and they had already released both an album and EP by the time Jeffrey and Shant joined. So Michael Angelicos left Cherry Bing in 2002 and went on to front the band Passion Pit. No. Yeah.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: such a good imitation. That's the Michael Angelicos impression. <laughs> So Sean took over on vocals with Jeff on guitar and in 2004 they released an EP called In a Language All Our Own which is actually on Spotify. Oh. Now I didn't listen to it but I've heard like little snippets of it on YouTube and it's kind of it's softer than Keto is We Aim For but like kind of same vibes. It was a ska punk band but when they joined kind of changed a little bit yeah. especially with Sean's vocals. So by this stage, they no longer referred to themselves as a ska punk band, but rather created their own genre that they called rock with horns.
0: (laughs) Okay, we've had it all. We've had all the genres and now we have rock with horns. Rock with horns. Who else is in that genre? I have
1: no idea. If you listen to the EP, you will find some lyrics and melodies that went on to appear on "Cutest What We Aim For's debut album. So there are some spicy comments online on old Cherry Bing videos claiming that Shant stole these songs and that they were written alongside other members of Cherry Bing and stolen for Cutest What We Aim For. Oh, woo. So there is one comment that says, Fuck that kid. and it's, a, it's part of a longer comment about how it was stolen, but that's, that's the vibe. Just So in October 2004, Cherry Bing played their last show and Shant and Jeff formed Cutest What We Aim For in January 2005. Of the name, they said, it was something like a joke. We didn't expect to be a real band. It just kind of stuck. It haunts us because we don't like it. (laughs) But cute is what we aim for. It is,
0: I don't know, it's a funny name. I like the name.
1: Apparently they were on the phone and they were trying to think up a name and they were like, okay, we need something cute. Like cute is what we're going for. That's what we're aiming for. And Uh... then that kind of stemmed from that conversation. The lineup had a few changes, but from what I could gather, the original members were singer, Shant, guitarist, Jeff, drummer Tom Falcone, and bassist Donny Arthur. Shortly after forming, they started releasing demos through MySpace and Pure Volume, which helped gain them their initial exposure. In spring 2005, they won Pure Volume's online Battle of the Bands, which awarded them a high-profile slot at Bamboozle Festival. This was only their third ever show.
0: What? Bamboozle was their third ever show? Third ever show. (gasps) Imagine. Like, we weren't too far off Bamboozle, is what you're telling me. We could have done it. We could have
1: they just put a few demos on myspace and next thing they'd won a competition to play a bamboozle so oh my god this is one of the bands that just like catapulted like out of nowhere so after this jeff said that their overnight success was down to hawthorne heights street team saying that the street team leader from hawthorne heights reposted their music on myspace and literally overnight we got like ten thousand fans on myspace and started to get attention from labels
0: i love how it's all connected
1: Mm. i love a street team that brings me back (laughs) So for the next few months, they continue to record and play gigs, increasing their number of fans, but declining invitations from record labels. I think they just, I I don't really know, like, I couldn't find why do they keep declining record labels. Mm. I don't know if they, like, really wanted a particular one or, like, some kind of vibe, but they just kept turning down record labels all the time. I mean, maybe they were like,
0: what the fuck are we doing when we play three shows?
1: (laughs) So one day in late 2005, they got a call from the founder of Fueled by Ramen. John Janik Sean stated in an interview That he hung up on him Because he thought It was a prank call <laughs> He called back Organised to see them Perform in Florida And they were signed A month and a half later Mad That's how That's how it all happened
0: So it so, was about Literally like a year mm. Yeah
1: oh And then God. they were signed Feel by Ramen In March 2006 Their debut single Curse of Curves <laughs> So in March 2006 Their debut single Curse of Curves Was released to stream online And then they went on tour
0: No Is that that one? I got the gifts oh, yeah. of one-liners, one-liners, and you, and you got, got the, the curse, curse of and
1: curves. curves. And with the- what a banger! <laughs> so, in April 2006, bassist jo- Danny Arthur left the band to join the New Tragic alongside Phil Reardon from From Chris Last and Dallas Taylor from Maylene and the Sons of Disaster and Underoath. Oh, so it's like they had some high-profile members, but the New Tragic—like, who were they? Never heard of them. <laughs> And I just think it's funny that Cute is What We Aim For were literally just taking off and then this guy left before they got big. He obviously thought he was going to do something bigger than that. This band was short-lived and Donnie eventually went on to form another band called Talking In My Sleep, which obviously had equal success because we've never heard of them either.
0: (laughs) You never know, we could be doing an episode (laughs) on (laughs) them.
1: So in June 2006, Cute is What We Aim For released their debut album, The Same Old Blood Rush with a New Touch through Fueled by Ramen. It debuted at number 75 on the Billboard Top 200 hmm. and sold 28,000 copies in its first month. It was the fastest selling debut album on Fueled by Ramen at this point. Oh, So the album was recorded in Salad Day Studios in Maryland and was produced by Matt Squire, who previously produced. Now he get this. To be familiar. Get this for a list of, of albums Panic at the Discos, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, Good Charlotte's Cardiology, Simple Plans, Get Your Heart On, Sayason's In Search of Solid Ground. Taken Back Sunday's New Again and The Used's Artwork.
0: We've literally done all those bands.
1: Well, that's why I chose those ones to talk Ah. about. But like the list is way bigger, but I just chose the (laughs) bands that we've already mentioned. So that is is no mean feat. So other singles from the album are There's a Class for This and Newport Living. And the Academy is vocalist. William Beckett provides guest vocals on There's a Class for This, while All Time Low perform group vocals on Teasing to Please, Left Side, Strong Side and Sweet Talk 101.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: But I feel like at that time, Fueled by Ramen was so like mesh, like all those bands were yeah. like one. <laughs> yeah, There was always like even Fall Out Boy at that time always had like people from the Academy Is yeah. and that in videos and it was all just like a big love in, if you did will. Did you have
0: this album, Physical? I had this Physical album. I did as well. What an album. Yeah. So the album
1: received mainly unfavorable reviews with critics criticizing the lyrics and comparing the band negatively to Panic and My Chemical Basically, no. they were saying like, they're a lesser My Chemical Romance. They're like a not as interesting Panic at the Disco. And
0: No, I see the Panic at the Disco reference. My Chemical Romance, now.
1: No, not at no. all. Like, I don't think they're similar at no. all. What do you think about this album? Tell me about I it. I love
0: this album. I forgot about this album completely. I forgot it existed until you were like, cute is what we aim for. It's like, <gasps> I just loved it. I loved it at the time. I loved it now. I just thought, to me, this was like, if you had to define emo, it was this. Yeah. It was like the lyrics, the way he sang, the music, the like, those kind of like clever lyrics. There was just emo. The clever lyrics. Yeah.
1: That's like, I was obsessed with this album and it's so weird because I can't, I don't have any memories attached to it. Like I can't put it in a timeline in my head, but I know I was obsessed with it.
0: Yeah. And like, we never saw them no I didn't even know they had a second album and like. I
1: like I know every single lyric to this album back to yeah, front yeah. like absolutely and I listen to it and now I remember every single word and it was, it was such a big part of like my music history yeah. and I don't know the timeline for it it kind of really just
0: like, flew under the radar or something and we just forgot about it.
1: and I will say I really enjoyed listening back to it really enjoyed it but the lyrics Maybe a little misogynistic
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to them and I was like I wonder if they wrote this album today. Would we be sitting here being like, great lyrics. Yeah.
1: In every circle of friends, there's a, a whore. whore. Yep.
0: The one who flirts and yep. does a little more. Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's even just like, mm-hmm. apply that lip gloss like it's your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the one...
0: You hike your skirt and pull your shirt down. Give those gents what they crave. Mm. Yeah, it's all very towards uh, women. Yeah. Like, what made you think that? It? It's never like, about the mom
1: Yes, because the whole, like, the fourth drink instinct, the yeah, whole yeah. song is like this older guy meeting a younger girl at the bar who's got a fake ID. Perverts. Yeah. And then it's all about the girl being like, why did you do this? Like and it's like, sorry, <laughs> why did she do it? <laughs>
0: We're <laughs> taking that the all rage. out of context still a bop yeah
1: absolute background of an album and i will listen to it again
0: yeah i wonder if they themselves would write it down or do they look back and be like well mm, maybe that wasn't great i feel like
1: we'll find the answer the more we talk about oh. in this episode you can come to your own conclusions about that okay so in october 2006 bassist fred Samato left the group to return to school and was replaced by jack Marin of october fall so I think that's another Field by Ramen band. Yeah, Again, very they, enmeshed. You familiar. So they, they then went on the Field by Ramen tour in autumn 2006 alongside Paramore, Hit the Lights and <gasps> This Providence. Hit the
0: Lights. Do you remember them? Mm. You're gonna need a body
1: bag. <laughs> 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 what a tune. So in early 2007, they went on a tour of the UK to promote the album and then a headline tour of the US. They then co-headlined the alternative press tour with Circus Survive. In April 2007, midway through the tour, Jack Marin left the band and was replaced temporarily by Fred (laughs) Samato.
0: Oh, he's back! I'm back, baby!
1: (laughs) I think it was about six months there. He had a different guy and then the old guy came back. So Jack said he was having some personal issues with another member. He said, I've tried to just ignore the problems, but the truth is I'm just not happy at all. And continue by saying, I finally decided that it's in my best interest to leave this band as soon as possible. It's a matter of principle. And to me, being in the band just isn't worth what I have to deal with. Fair enough. So he left mid tour, which is obviously like definitely a sign of something bad. Yeah because
0: literally had
1: it. <laughs> you would just be like i'll do this tour and then like i'm out or yeah. whatever but like halfway through a tour you're like i'm going home <laughs> the band went on to play the 2007 warp tour and then went on the the young wild things tour alongside plain white T's, gym class heroes and fallout boy do you remember gym class heroes
0: yeah well no what was that song they had
1: cupid's chokehold
0: no, I feel like Gym Class Heroes remind me of you because I think you like I had them. a really big yeah, face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had a big Gym Class Heroes face. What a ban.
0: Sorry, you said Gym Class Heroes, I was thinking of Cobra Starship. No, I never same. had a Cobra not the Starship same. face. Not
1: the same. <laughs> no, Gym Class Heroes was Travie McCoy, and he had the video with yeah. Katy Perry in it.
0: Just not really. And Cupid's Chokehold. T- t-
1: why can I not say Cupid's Chokehold? Patrick Stump does like the chorus. Yeah, I knew score. Patrick
0: Stump was in there somewhere. Nope. <laughs>
1: In October, 2007, Fred Samato was asked in an interview if he viewed his role in the band as permanent. He replied, definitely permanent. I had six months at home to finish up high school. And after that, I was like, wow, I miss playing music. I was blessed enough to get the opportunity again. However, he left the band once again in March, 2008. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so it was announced that Dave Melillo, who had played rhythm guitar on the Warp Tour with them would play bass until further notice. Previous to this, he was a solo artist on Drive Through Records and released an EP called Talk Is Cheap, which kind of sounds like Early Dashboard or like The Rocket Summer. Oh. The band, when they started, so obviously they were really young when they started, so I guess that's why he went back to finish high school. Mm-hmm. Like, they were 17, 18, I think, the time they got signed.
0: Yeah, I would say their record sounds like they're super young. Yeah. <laughs> Not mature men, anyway.
1: <laughs> so while on Warp Tour, singer Shant was actively looking for a producer for their second album. Guitarist Jeff used MySpace to reach out to john feldman
0: i was about to say earlier we have not heard of john feldman in a while
1: here we go john feldman where's your bingo card mark your little x (laughs) he linked him to some of their music so john responded months later nice to know we can contact him on myspace if we need him
0: he's a busy man
1: he did like our reel he did so so we're in there john feldman sign us wait he's not he doesn't have a record label maybe he does He can produce for us anyway. So he responded months later and they went from there. So Shant was apprehensive about working with John as it was a big move. The rest of the band assured him that John was there to let us do whatever we want and back us up on it.
0: Yeah why would you be apprehensive have you not seen his CV? (laughs) Yeah
1: exactly it's the best CV of all time. So the band went into the studio with half finished songs because Shant said that he wanted some spontaneity. On occasion the band would be playing a song and John would just get up and walk away. They would work on the song while he was gone and then when he returned, they would ask if he was impressed and compared it to trying to please your parents as you wanted them to be happy.
0: Aw, I'd be like that with John Feldman as well.
1: (laughs) The group found it difficult to work through the material. And bassist Dave Melillo said, it was between being nervous, unprepared and being in this new situation, John was looking at us like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) The band returned to their residence and this is a quote, kicked ourselves in the ass, came back and killed it. They then went on, a writing trip to Monterey Bay and Dave explained that the catalyst was when Sean said dude it could be like this all the time we're going to all these awesome places why can't we make it like that
0: yeah so then they went back and they finished the album love it love a good inspirational talk
1: I just like it really sounds like they were a shit show and John was like <laughs> what the fuck like that's the vibe I got from that yeah, whole thing yeah <laughs>
0: he was probably like why did I agree to this <laughs> yeah.
1: So in January 2008, the band launched a new website with photos of the band making music in the studio with John. The band said John really set the bar high and inspired us to leap over it with no fear of clearance. Good
0: old John.
1: They recorded the album in John's home studio in LA, which is dubbed Foxy Foxy Studios. Studios. (laughs) And on the recordings, John performed additional vocals, string arrangement, keyboards and percussion.
0: Is there anything that man can not do?
1: No. (laughs) I love him. Recording was initially scheduled for 30 days, but it ended up taking three months. They named the album Rotation, and Sean said, We all took 180s in our lives, as individuals, as a band, as everyone changes, as does life, as does the earth. It is all a rotation. Deep. (laughs) Real deep. And the band credit their influences for the album as The Beach Boys, Roy Orbison, The Police, and The Beatles. Your fave. The album has been described as more pop punk and pop rock.
0: As opposed to rock with horns. (laughs)
1: i feel like this album is like it's not very different to the first but it has a whole different sound to the first i think
0: i feel like it's very same only maybe slightly not gonna use the word mature but like honed in or something i think it's more
1: polished like it's cleaner than the first album yeah to me it sounds more like other bands it really reminds me of like taking back sunday a lot
0: Yes, it's not as distinctive as their first album. Yeah, the first, first album, the second like, you
1: hear it, you're like, here's what we aim for. Yeah, yeah,
0: it can't be anyone else, whereas this one could be.
1: Could be many other people. Take Back Sunday kept coming to mind when I was listening to it, but um, yeah, it could have been yeah. many other bands. But it's still really good.
0: I really liked it. Because I had
1: never listened to it before now. Yeah. And I like listened to it the first time, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I've been missing out on this album for so many years. I know. Such good songs. And they were getting stuck in my head all the time. Same. I was constantly singing them. In May 2008, they released the single Practice Makes Perfect, which is the only official single from the album. I kept seeing other things about like other singles, but I think they were kind of like online releases and things like that. I think this is the only official single.
0: This one was totally stuck in my head. Yeah,
1: it was always in my head. And the following day, they made Dave Malillo an official member of the band. The band said, Dave, allowed us to feel comfortable and confident in making music. He was the missing piece to the puzzle that is cute, so to speak. (laughs) In late May and early June, the band went on a UK tour. Shant missed the first date of the tour Due to losing his passport oh, no. So Dave did vocals for that show <laughs> like, Dave seems like a cool guy yeah, as Dave well Yeah <laughs> oh, A
0: Multitasker
1: Between mid-June and mid-August They went on a headlining US tour With support from Ace Enders And a million different people <laughs>
0: That's supposed to be like East Enders? I don't know
1: Danger Radio And Power Space Oh yes I have no idea who any of them are So Rotation was made available for streaming on June 20th through their MySpace before being released through Fuel by Ramen on June 24th. Physical deluxe editions of the album featured bonus tracks as well as a DVD, which featured a making-of documentary, acoustic performances, karaoke videos, and a photo gallery.
0: Oh, that sounds like you got a lot of
1: that. I'm just going to say, me and you at that karaoke video (laughs) would have a good time.
0: Can we get our hands On one of these
1: I couldn't I was even trying to find The making of On YouTube And it's not on Well I couldn't find it
0: Maybe like Amazon Somebody is selling it
1: I want that karaoke video (laughs) Because they're such fun Songs to sing Yeah (laughs) So Rotation was projected To sell 20 to 25,000 copies Before eventually Selling 23,000 copies In the first week And debuting at number 21 On the Billboard 200 Hmm. In August and September They went on a Canadian tour Supporting Simple Plan Yeah Just a little shout out To our last episode If you didn't listen to it It was on Simple Plan So around the time that Rotation was released, rumours started coming out that the lead singer, Shant, was a bit of an asshole. On August 31st, it was announced that drummer Tom Falcone had left the band mid-tour. Similar to Jack Maron, mid-tour, leaving the band. Oh, yeah. So he said he quit, and this is a quote, because the personality conflicts and daily drama made it impossible for me to live a peaceful, happy life.
0: Hmm, fair enough.
1: Not by choice drummer, Liam Killeen, temporarily filled in. In an interview after his departure, Shant said, Sometimes people don't see eye to eye. Whatever happened among us is something only we'll know and we're fine, we're comfortable with it. I feel like they all say that. Hmm. And back in 2006, the word shas was submitted to Urban <laughs> Dictionary. Based on him. The definition is a derogatory word to describe Sean Tosikian, lead singer of Cut What We Aim For, as he is often an asshole who treats people like shit and hits on 14 year old girls. A word has to be created to describe the level of a supreme douchetude. The term also may be used to describe someone as the biggest asshole possible, even if they are not shot. So, that was Urban Dictionary. I don't know, like, you don't yeah. know who submitted it or yeah, anything. Yeah, 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 But that's, that's... He's kind of been known as an asshole his whole career.
0: I just would never have said that. Why? I don't know, because he sounds all... Ew. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's something about him like even from back in the day when we used to see pictures of cute what we aim for he looks like a jock but like a jock that grew his hair long like he looks like the american stereotypical jock from a movie who's like fuck you guys
0: i could not tell you what any of them look like i don't think i've ever seen a picture of them
1: yeah well he has like jock features Just for reference there, this whole hits on 14-year-old girls thing, I did not find any pervert stories. So this is the only reference to it I didn't hear or find anything else. And a lot of people hate him. So I do feel like (laughs) things would have come out. Yeah. So this is all, you know. Take it with a (laughs) pinch of salt. (laughs) Apparently. So in September and October, with former Roses Are Red member, Michael Lasperona on drums, they went on the Verizon College tour with Boys Like Girls
0: and Lights boys like girls i love You're a
1: favorite <laughs> they then went on a u.s tour with secondhand serenade a rocket to the moon and automatic love letter also love automatic love letter i don't know them i feel like their name just keeps coming up in these episodes from as like supporting yeah that. who
0: was it juliet sims was she on simple plans album she's from that band hmm.
1: so between early february and early april 2009 the band headlined the take action tour in the u.s with breathe carolina Megan and dia Every Avenue and Ann Arbor
0: do you remember Megan Dia no but Breathe Carolina what song did they have oh I don't know they had one song that I definitely know who's Megan Megan Dia
1: they had some songs they were two girls two girls obviously the name gives it away but like they had amazing vocals and I remember being I think they had like two songs on MySpace and I just used to listen to them constantly and I completely forgot they existed and then a couple of months ago someone posted on their Instagram story and was like listening to them I was like hey remember these and I was like oh! <laughs> like flashback of my life <laughs> and I actually went and listened to them then
0: oh. and I think they're due another little listen I have to find out who breathes Carolina or because that's going to kill me
1: In August 2009 Shant tweeted I'm going solo thank you for every inkling of support <laughs> Peace out man A few days later Alternative Press announced that the band had broken up and quoted Dave Melillo saying at the beginning of August, I let Shant know I was leaving the band. At the beginning of July, Michael, Jeff, some family friends and I sat down with Shant. We told him the things he needed to change as far as attitude and demeanor goes. I want to make it known that I shut him out of my life after that, he needed to be on his own if he was gonna do anything positive for himself. There was not a visible change in his attitude or work ethic when I got back to Buffalo, so I decided to live my own life. In a later interview, he stated that the blame could be put on one person for their breakup.
0: Mm, turn our bets who that person is
1: the shosshole
0: <laughs> the shosshole
1: it sounds so posh <laughs> yeah doesn't it
0: Ew, what a so
1: dave melillo jeff chum and michael Asbrono went on to form nocturnal me never heard of them around a year later in april 2010 shant brought back cute Q- is what we aim for with a whole new lineup and opened up about his struggles with alcoholism and and how he had been to rehab. That's not cute as what we aim for, that's a new band. That's just shant with like random men. <laughs> so the new lineup featured drummer Mike Novak from Every Time I Die, which is like really ah. random. <laughs> and they went on a headline tour in the spring. During the tour, they debuted two new songs, Harbor and Cookbooks. However, a new album never materialized and the band disappeared again. <laughs> Into the night. And those singles, as far as I could see, weren't on Spotify. No. So, I've heard little clips of them on YouTube.
0: And they were still called Kyuzoi Emperor.
1: Yeah. Like he was like, Q's what we aim for Emperor, back! But it was literally just him and other men.
0: That's just him trying to like ride in the coattails of their initial success. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically. So, in August 2012, this is two years later, the band played an hour long acoustic set with original members, Shant, Fred Samato, and Jeff Chum.
0: Wait, now they're those again? Apparently. Oh, uh, what?
1: I don't know what happened in that time. Hmm. So, this was the first set the full band had performed in six years. During the set, the band announced that it was officially making a comeback. For oh, fuck's sake. They then went on tour again and released new singles, Next To Me and A Closed Mind With An Open Heart, as well as some new demos on Soundcloud. They also announced that they were working on the third album, which again, never materialised. Then, Fred Somato left again. Oh my gosh. And so did drummer Tom Falcone. He was Hang on, ready. how many
0: times has this chap Fred left? I think
1: Fred has left three times now. <laughs> so with a new basis and drummer, the band performed at the Vans Warped Tour in 2014, after which they disappeared again.
0: Now hang on. I'm confused. So the band that he came back with and said were, cute is what we aim for, which i mad from Every Time I Die. They just like faded into the night. Yeah. And then he came back and was like, hey, it's us again, but this is the original but We actually one.
1: have the guys back again this time. And then they left and disappeared again. Oh my God. Okay. In January 2016, Shant reconnected with the rest of the band members. The group started discussing the possibility of a 10 year tour for the same old blood rush with a new touch. In March, the band announced the anniversary tour via their official Instagram page where they played the album in full, like on the, sorry, on the tour. Which I would, I would love to see that.
0: I would love to see that. Imagine. Yeah.
1: So after this, they started discussing the third album yet again, did some (laughs) tours and supported We The Kings on tour. In November 2016, the band was announced to perform at the Slam Dunk Festival in the UK in 2017, where they would continue their 10-year anniversary tour
0: what's with all this um what you call it it's not ghosting it's zombieing where like men just keep like cropping back into your life you know like they'll ghost you and then they'll be like hey it's me again and then, you know, that's what i've never heard of this term yeah and it, it makes me feel ill yeah zombieing. Yeah. so familiar yeah. <laughs> where i didn't know just, like, the name for it dies a death and then all of a sudden he's like way hey, i'm back that's what they're doing uh. right? <laughs>
1: So a few days before Q what we aim for his 10 year tour for their debut album the same old blood rush with a new touch Shant came under fire for remarks made regarding the Stanford rape case and Brock Turner.
0: Oh god what did he say it wasn't him. Do you him. remember
1: that? There's no evidence charges were dropped. I actually completely forgot about that case until doing this. That was that was a big big deal. So in a Facebook post he stated his views on the case. I don't want to know which nobody asked for. Yeah, Shant, fuck off. So he said Here's a post that will inevitably inevitably bring me bullshit because asking honest questions brings a dramatic bag these days.
0: So don't do it.
1: For everyone posting about Brock Turner being a rapist, how exactly do you think you're helping the victim slash cause? It may feel good at the time, but think about the true impact of your words or shares. Are you making a post that posit- positively impacts the victim or are you merely making sure the world knows that you're a good person? I have yet to see a post that is dedicated to providing relief to the female involved. So, okay. Like, it's a bit of a non-statement statement. statement. Like, he's kind of like, why is everyone getting involved and having their opinion? Which like, just, why does he have his opinion on everyone else's opinion?
0: Okay, you're literally doing what you are telling people not to do. Yeah. It gets
1: worse. Of course it does. Mm. So, in the comment thread below, he said, Rape culture isn't a thing. For real. Playing the victim seems to fit the narrative. In my 29 years, I've yet to encounter a human who's looking to rape someone. Everyone loves sex, but I've never met a dude who's going out into the world to commit rape. There may be horrible humans out there who are predators, but to say there is a culture of rape is short-sighted and aggressive. Look into the actual statistics and get back to me.
0: Sorry, hang on. (laughs) Oh, wait a second here now. Hang on. (laughs) Shustle! Hang on. What? Um, there's just so many things about that statement I can't first of all what did he say something about like people loving sex but they don't rape people mm, yeah yes. because is doesn't rape nothing to do with sex it's mm. to do with power mm. and like why is he saying in my 29 years as if he's some like oh my god no I just what it's not a thing it's not a thing read the statistics what statistics mm. what statistics is he referring to I can't even Hang on, sorry. Is this supposed to be positively impacting the victim? <laughs> yeah, like I just don't know. Like I think you can read, like especially
1: knowing this, you can read into the first statement now as like he was giving out that everyone was like standing up for her kind of thing because he obviously believed Brock believes that Brock wasn't a rapist because
0: because rap- nobody's a rapist. No one's a
1: rapist actually because
0: like everyone loves sex, but we never rape anyone.
1: So after that, he came out with an apology. <laughs> Saying I'm sorry I was wrong I regret my words I am steadfast in my appreciation To have so many people who know more than I on this topic To take the time to educate me And broaden my perspective Truly sorry and truly thankful
0: So I just feel like I can never listen to Q Is what we aim for again
1: Not if you believe in rape culture
0: Like I just think I can't Now
1: when you think of the misogynistic lyrics
0: It gets a little bit worse Oh no I feel a little bit icky now So it
1: continues Mm. In 2017, he again came under fire for a string of tweets, beginning with, Hey, most claims of sexism slash racism are total bullshit. No. This isn't the 1960s. Please get a grip.
0: <laughs> I'm deceased.
1: <laughs> for those listeners who aren't watching this,
0: Claire died. <laughs> I, I'm deceased. Wait, hang on. So, rape culture is not a thing, racism's not a thing, and sexism's not a thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Cool. But shasshole
1: is (laughs) shasshole definitely is so obviously people fought back in the comments Mm. and one person said oh so missing out on opportunities solely because i'm a female is bullshit can you please share this info with my employers thanks to which shant replied have you had any potential employer tell you that you weren't chosen by your sex if so please attach a pic
0: no because that's illegal because that's not how sexism works They're not going to be like, yo, because you're female. Not give you the job. So someone else replied to
1: him saying, says the straight cis white dude, you're obviously so oppressed, which is fair. Like, because what would he know about rape culture and racism and sexism being a white dude? Yep. And he replied, hysterical. Cis isn't a thing. It was made up five years ago and has expanded by 70 plus by crazy people. I don't know what that's even supposed to mean. Cause that's Hang on, not...
0: so now cis is not a thing? No. Okay, what else? Come on, <laughs> keep it coming here. So
1: someone replied, try telling that to transgender people. I'm sure they'll love you. Cis is actually totally a thing. And he replied, a fraction of a percent of the US population.
0: What's that even mean? I don't know. Well, oh, they don't matter? Maybe, yeah, something, I feel
1: because like they're... it's like, oh, well, not that many people are trans, so what does it matter?
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Just do Digging a
0: hole. <laughs> like... I just feel like he is the embodiment of everything that is not right. Digging a hole, a shass hole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so someone else tweeted, I can't believe there are people that won't look past the fact that you made good music 10 years ago to realise what a shithead you became. And he said, that's entirely fair. I'm a washed up musician who was never human.
0: Is he alright? Like, I'm just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obviously not. And someone else tweeted, Suddenly, cutest what we aim for is cancelled. And he replied, pretty sure cute has been cancelled for years. This is me.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> like, but um, I just there's just so many things here. And it does completely make it all so wrong. when mm. I listen to it now.
1: Mm. Mm. Uh, I think the worst part is that he's like digging his heels in the ground and fighting back against everyone. Like he's doing a Ronnie Radka. He is doing a Ronnie Radka. Yeah. Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die replied, hi Shant, I've traveled the world and I concur that you are embarrassing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I love him.
1: (laughs) And Shant replied to that saying, Solid, you've said this for 10 years. Hmm. So then Shant tweeted a picture of Keith's book and said, Buy his book slash extended catalog of dope music. Which I believe is just kind of like some kind of sarcastic thing or like, I don't really get why you did that. And Keith replied, I kindly ask that you do not chill my book on your timeline (laughs) in a grasp at camaraderie. I completely disavow everything you say and stand for.
0: Yes, who is this man? <laughs> from
1: every time I die. I love him. <laughs> and then another band called Run For Cover. One of the guys from that, Jeff Casasa, said, You are shockingly stupid. <laughs> and then Arizona band Never Let This Go added, Sexism is real. Racism is real. Both should be taken seriously. Embarrassed that we ever played with Cute Is What We Aim For.
0: Yes.
1: I love that, like, even the musicians are coming out and being yeah, like, you are so stupid.
0: <laughs> Everything he said just makes literally no sense. Yeah. It's like Donald Trump or something. Like, it's mm. just, what?
1: So after this, the rest of the members subsequently left the band without any official statement.
0: <laughs> Wait, I didn't even know they were still in the band. I thought they just, I thought that This again. was
1: coming up to, like, their, well, they did do the 10-year uh, anniversary. Oh, yeah. But, like, this was kind of, I think, at that time kind of thing. So they just all left. So Shant then made history repeat itself... By bringing back cute is what we aim for with a whole new lineup yet again. And I mean a whole new lineup, not the guys from the like second lineup, like brand new people all over again.
0: Stop trying to make cute is what we aim for happen. (laughs) Like it's not happening. So apparently
1: he was yet again sober and fresh out of rehab after returning to alcoholism during the 10 year tour. They went on another headline tour and then were supposed to go on a co-headlining tour with the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. But in March 2019, they posted on Facebook, Due to unforeseen circumstances, we have had to pull out of our co-headliner with Red Jumpsuit Apparatus and all our scheduled headline dates. The tour will continue as Red Jumpsuit Apparatus with support from newly added The Bottom Line and Say We Can't Fly. Since then, nothing. No Instagram posts, no statements. Nothing. That's it, for the last four years.
0: They've just stopped.
1: They've just disappeared yet again.
0: Oh my God, something's going on there.
1: Can't wait to see the new lineup, though. (laughs) Fucks.
0: Isn't that what um, Ronnie Radke did? He just kept trying to make Escape to Fate happen from prison. I was like, it's my new band. Hmm. No. I just, like, so this has just made me feel very icky and deflated. I'm like, no, don't like them. Yeah. No, he's just a fucking
1: idiot. And I, mean, yeah. I do think, like all of the people who left the band it was all because of him yeah like he sounded like he was a fucking asshole to be around the whole time like i know he was an alcoholic but that's not an excuse for being a shithead no.
0: and i feel sorry for them because if they like it must be really sad if like your career everything that you were doing ends because of this asshole mm-hmm. And i feel like they tried to stop it a few times it just didn't work mm-hmm. why didn't they just reform and get a new singer I don't
1: know. Like, and I feel like he's really sad. Because not like sad we should feel sorry for him. But sad, like, he just keeps trying to make it happen all the time. And like, he doesn't even need, he thinks he doesn't need the other band members. Like, he just kept trying to make it happen. And
0: yeah, really like washed up or something. And like, it's like, hey, we we were so close. We had something really good. Like, we had our first album and it did so well. And we could do it again. If we just keep going back, and we'll try again. And it's like,
1: just stop just please stop
0: like somebody just needed to like take him and put him in a box
1: and like (laughs) light it on fire
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'll just like stop him like from all this self-sabotage even like again not defending him or anything but everything he was even saying it just made no sense it was like he didn't even know what he was saying
1: like potentially he was really drunk because apparently he was an alcoholic but yeah like i don't i don't get drunk and like become a have an issue with people of different races or trans people or you know
0: yeah what but is it that they
1: say it's like drunk tongue speaks a sober mind or something like that yeah there yeah. is some kind of phrase like that like and it is so you don't get drunk and become a racist
0: but it, it does seem like he's just really fucking stupid and like maybe if someone had sat him down and like educated him and all he'd be like oh i'm totally wrong just sounds like he's talking Utter shite, like. But the
1: fact that the first comments, the rape comments, he then came out with an apology afterwards, which I don't know if that was, like, his people or, like, somebody yeah. was, like, you, you fucked up, like... And then it was only a few months later that he did it again, saying there's no such thing as racism. So, like, he's he's not learning. Oh,
0: no. They may be trying to teach him, but he's not learning. No.
1: And the fact that the Urban Dictionary entry went up in 2006... Yeah. This guy has a history of it. Mm-hmm. And you could say, you know, 2006, he was a kid... Blah, blah 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 but he's now in his 30s and this is what he's doing
0: um, and who made that entry is what I want to know. <laughs> know we would love to know maybe the one author of the, maybe I'd one of the guys from Cherry Bing I would say it was one of the bandmates yeah
1: mm-hmm. perhaps
0: well that's just real disappointing so they're cancelled anyway and I'm real sad that I listened to them there now for the last two weeks I mean they still have some bops yeah but so did Ospre- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
1: say I didn't say it
0: Oh dear, another
1: band bites the dust. I mean, I couldn't find any pervert stories. And to be fair,
0: I <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, I was fully expecting a lot of pervert stories. But this is, I mean, refreshing in the sense, okay, we've no stories of him being a pervert, but also really fucking sad because I feel like even if he was a pervert, he wouldn't know he's a pervert. <laughs> like,
1: I was raping
0: people this whole time. <laughs> I thought we all just like sex. But no one's being aggressive about it.
1: Oh, like, that actually made me feel so a bit really sick. I don't
0: wish I didn't say that. <laughs> so, I mean, I just feel like we need to change the name of this podcast. I, I was going to say your favorite is cancelled, but I think that is actually a website. Oh,
1: it's like your favorite is cancelled or something like that.
0: And just so and people, you can just go
1: on and check check a band and see why they're cancelled.
0: Well, just so people know, we don't actively go out looking for bands that are cancelled because they're perverts. Like genuine, Danny puts a bit more thought into the band. She picks like she's a bit smart about it. Whereas I literally on the spot will hear a band or like 30 seconds before Danny asked me, I'll be like, I'm going to do this band because I like the band. And then you go and find out they're perverts. So like, we're not trying to make all these about perverts. It just seems to be a common thing. Yeah.
1: That's like, I looked up this band. I was like, they have two albums. Like what a throwback. Googled their name and said canceled. And then it came up like controversial statements on Twitter from the singer. And I was like, oh, okay, well, at least there's like stuff here yeah. to go off. And then the more I learned, the more I was like, wow, they like, really cancelled.
0: Do you think if we were like, let's do a podcast about, like, all the pop bands we loved, they'd all be perverts?
1: Well, all the stuff in the media at the moment about Justin Timberlake being, not a pervert, but a fucking dickhead.
0: So I'm more thinking of, like, Westlife and, like, S Club 7. I don't know. Maybe, is the the industry corrupt? Is that, like yeah but I'm more thinking is it like the culture of the way they go out and do all these like big tours with all these other bands that are like predominantly male and I would say the culture in all these bands and like doing all these tours is more of a drinking partying culture than like and then you
1: get so big for your booths because you're like I've got all this fame I can do yeah, anything yeah, I yeah. want no one will stop me and
0: yeah. I don't know
1: like is it a culture thing across the all genres or I don't know.
0: Or do people, I don't know why S Club 7 keeps coming to my <laughs> head here. But do they just have like better PR? But that's it, I feel like maybe rock
1: bands don't get as big as mainstream bands. So maybe the mainstream ones, like the pop ones, have better people around them.
0: Who are like, hey, don't say this.
1: Mm. They've got people who talk for them. They've got people who like yeah. put out the fires that are started and keep the things under wraps that mm-hmm. maybe are going to come out about someone. And the rock bands just don't have big enough people to do that. Yeah. Potentially. That's just my theory.
0: Well, that was real sad and depressing. Speaking of Ronnie Radka, actually. (laughs) Speaking of sad and depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Welcome to my life. Do you ever feel like breaking down?
1: Every day. Every day of my life. What I was going to say, actually, I should have said earlier on, in relation to Spirit Box being nominated for that Grammy i went on twitter one day and everyone was like can't wait to hear what a certain person has to say about this grammy nomination and it was all written in code and i was like who are we talking about so i had to go on a deep dive to figure out what was the scandal yeah and basically spirit box were supposed to do a tour supporting falling in reverse and so many people came out and were like ronnie redcast the worst person that ever lived Please do not tour with them. Yeah, yeah. That they pulled out.
0: Nice one.
1: And then all the fans were like, go Spirit Box, Unreal, for pulling out. And they just made a statement being like, we're no longer going on tour. They did not give a reason. Yeah, they did yeah. not say anything else. Maybe it was like unforeseen circumstances, but everyone took it as like, you know what? They're listening to the fans and they're not going to go on tour because mm-hmm. Ronnie is a piece of shit. And falling in reverse, or Ronnie, sorry, I should say, just Ronnie was posting all this stuff on Twitter being like, like he posted the tour poster but with spirit box, like the big red X across it was like, can't wait for this tour. And like, rather than removing their name from the poster, just put a big X through it. And then they actually posted a picture of the people on the tour, like Ronnie and the other bands and his band or whatever. Well, I presume. And in the background, they said, wish you were here, spirit box and posted that picture online. But now the spirit box have been nominated for a Grammy, which is something that has never happened for Ronnie or falling in reverse. Oh, Will never. People are, like, photoshopping the picture and it's, like, wish you were here. Falling in reverse and it's, like, spirit box when they're Grammy and all, like, it's fabulous. Oh, my God, I love it. It's absolutely fabulous. And the idea of Ronnie being so upset about it just, like, warms my cold, dead heart.
0: I love shit like that. (laughs) Also, while we're talking about, like, Unhinged people posting on Twitter and all. I'm just going to go back to people need to follow Buddy Nielsen. Like, he's still dropping absolute gold <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. So, if you want, and what I love about him is he is so pro everything that the stuff he drops is just fucking hilarious. Like, so, so good. And there's cats involved. So, go follow him. <laughs> and also, there's a really cute episode of uh, what is that thing called?
1: Snack Wars.
0: Yeah, with Patrick Stump and Pete
1: Wentz. Just trying different snacks. And I have to say, I'm really intrigued. I really want to try the flaming Hot Cheetos dipped in Philadelphia.
0: So yesterday <laughs> I had paprika Doritos in uh, basically what was Philadelphia it was delicious. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of me now.
0: But Patrick Stump is as cute as you would expect him. He's just so polite about everything. Yeah, he's just so nice. Yeah, he's just like, hmm. Mm, mm. <laughs> then when he was like um I do the scores for um a few tv shows I was like oh you're so cute spider-man yeah spider-man that. song is a bop actually after the last episode
1: I looked up on spotify the spider-man song that Patrick Stump sings in and I sent it to Claire <laughs> and then I spent the whole morning like singing it in my head I know
0: yeah I got stuck in my head as well <laughs> it's actually a bop absolute side note here but Danny obviously has the wish.com version of dr. pepper she <laughs> is drinking a professor peppy <laughs> Do you know
1: what? When I first tried it, I was like, this is not like Dr. Pepper at all. And now, I think I'm addicted to
0: it. (laughs) But like, how do they get away with that shit? Like, (laughs) Professor Peppy.
1: I love it. Please sponsor our podcast, Professor Peppy.
0: (laughs) Just on that note, so I did have a song on repeat, but I've just decided to boycott it and I'm not repeating anything.
1: Oh, come on. We chose... Did we choose... Uh, No, I was like, we didn't do a Falling in Reverse episode, but we chose.
0: Yeah, okay, fine. If I had to pick one, it'd be Practice Makes Perfect. Which one is that? Practice Makes Perfect.
1: Oh, I should have guessed it. It (laughs) one has it in the name. Oh, from Rotation. Okay, sorry. I wasn't expecting a song from Rotation. That's why it didn't come to mind there. I found it really hard to choose because I genuinely, like, repeat this album all the time. And I wouldn't be mad if any of the songs came on. I mean, potentially now I'll be angry because I'll think about Shant. But, like, in terms of the songs, they're such bops. I did choose Moan as my song on repeat, mainly because it's the one that starts with This is the same old blood rush with a new Oh touch. yeah, 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 yeah. And because that's the name of the album, it's like every time I see it, it instantly comes into my head.
0: Mm, sorry. I'm just trying to find what the name of that bloody song that I'm skipping is. can't remember.
1: My song to skip is Time, which is the last song on rotation it's just a bit slow and it's just like it's actually I don't think a bad song and I think the more I listen to it the more it grew on me but everything is such a bop that I'm like I
0: have Mine to choose something. was I think on rotation as well and it was basically it was about like nakedness or like perv or something
1: is it the one that's like about exploring navigating yeah 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 navigate body? that's it yeah
0: yeah yeah Na- navigate me through your body the first something. time I heard
1: it, I was like that's actually really cringe yeah yeah and yeah it kind of grows on you
0: <laughs> that I was like, never gave me team. <laughs> t- money." No.
1: But yeah, it's definitely pervy, which is, you know, a theme here. Yeah. Which sha mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. just
1: using women, but <gasps> never raping them. Because that doesn't exist.
0: Nope. I have chosen my next band, but I will not announce it yet. Okay. So basically we are taking...
1: Another hiatus, well, not a hiatus, but it's just going to be a bit longer for the next episode. We're very overwhelmed at the moment with assignments and life and college and work and Perverse. raising a child. And, you know, there's a war in Palestine. <laughs> My
0: cat's bringing all these other cats around to the apartment, so I'll get very stressful.
1: There's a lot going on at the moment that I can't even text people back or think about anything in my life like my brain is not working as you can I probably have edited out most of the fuck ups on this episode but like I have found it very hard to string a sentence together so yeah we're taking a little bit of a break and we're going to come back with a Christmas special Christmas
0: slash New Year's yeah it's going to be fun yeah if anyone has any suggestions or ideas of bands that have done Christmas songs send them on
1: we're gonna talk about like Christmas songs from these bands. We're gonna do some of
0: our like roundup of the year, like our favorites, like favorite episodes, our favorite albums, our favorite gigs.
1: Yeah, we'll have loads of talk. It'll be another kind of chatty one similar to the Halloween one. And then we'll come back fresh in the new year with Claire's new episode. And I
0: really hope they aren't perfect <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I'll have to find out what band that is when you do in the next episode.
0: Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Chat to you then. Bye!